0: Good morning, VCF. I'm so glad to see you today. It has been long since I stood in front of people. For one year, six, it has just been Daniel and maybe somebody else. Or maybe John. So, this is great encouragement from the Lord. Hallelujah. Happy birthday, Pastor. Amen. Okay, let's pray. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness. In the mighty name of Jesus. We pray that, Lord, may you open our ears that we may hear what you are saying today. Give us the grace to be able to assimilate your word, O God, and to put it into practice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, today I would like us to turn our Bibles to the book of Genesis. I'll read a couple of scriptures, and then I'm going to explain the scriptures in Jesus' name. Genesis chapter 1, and I'm going to read verse 26 up to 30, and then I'll come to chapter 2. Then I'll go to the book of Matthew, three portions of scriptures. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, the Bible says, uh, reading from uh, the New Living Translation, then God said, let us make human beings in our own image. To be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea. The birds in the sky. The livestock. All the wild animals on the earth. And the small animals that move along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Rain over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that move along the ground. Then God said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals the birds in the sky, and the small animals that move on the ground. Chapter 2, I'll read from verse 7. The Bible says, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden, in the east, and there he placed the man he had met. The Lord made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The last portion of scripture. Don't be tired. Amen. <laughs> the book of Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, and I'm going to read from verse 25 up to verse 30, um, up to verse 34. Let me just finish up to verse 34. The Bible says, that is why I tell you, do not worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food, and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them, and are you far more valuable to him than they are. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly look after you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what will what will we eat? What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. I'll repeat that again. Verse 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and... He will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Today, I want to talk about what I've entitled Kingdom Mindset. Kingdom Mindset. Now, when we look at the portion of scripture from the book of Genesis, where we've just read, we've heard... When God created man and woman, they were given authority. God gave them authority to rule over the created creatures, such as fish, animals, and so on and so forth. He gave them dominion to say rule. And then in chapter 2, we've heard that God again planted a garden. And he placed man in the garden and he told him to say, take care of the garden, work it, work in it. And then the Bible goes on to, to describe the trees that were planted in there, all the vegetation and everything. And then it also talks about what we commonly know as uh, the tree of knowing good and evil and other trees. He was told, when we read further, we are going to hear that he was told to eat every kind of fruit that was there except this one tree which was planted in the the middle of the garden. Now, my interest today, I want to look at the kingdom mindset on the reign, on the dominion that man was given. Now, As long as man and woman did not eat from this particular tree, which was in the middle of the garden, called the tree of knowing good and evil, everything was just okay. Everything was fine. I'm sure they were just having a good time, you know, chatting here and there, enjoying life, you know. Just the the other duty that Adam was given, the Bible tells us that was just naming. He must have been a very wise man because there are some difficult names of animals that I fail to pronounce sometimes. But he was able to come up with those names and give each one of them. And then God himself was watering the garden with the dew every day. And so his job was just to move around and to just check, you know. Everything was just good. Until that day, When the tempter came and said, hey, did God really say? We know the story. We talk about this all the time. Now, after they broke that law of eating, because they thought that what they had wasn't enough, so they wanted to go further by tasting this fruit. And what happened there, just as God had promised, he said that the day you are going to eat, remember last time I was teaching about life and death, was, they were promised to say, You surely die. The day you eat from this tree, you are going to die. Of course, we can ask to say, After they ate, they didn't fall down immediately and they died, but they lived. Something happened actually. There was the spiritual death that took place. The presence of God, which was between them, the relationship that was between them and God there was disconnection that came. And so, that authority, that rule which they had, ended right there. The God that they enjoyed all the time to have conversation with, to have discussions in the cool of the day, you know, at night, whatever time, he became a terror to them. And they had to run away from the presence. Now, when we, we look at this uh, garden, where they were planted, of course we know. We've, I've tried to research, you know, archaeological discoveries and so on and so forth. There is nowhere, no one, no archaeologist has ever discovered. They just give an approximation. No one has ever discovered to say the Garden of Eden was here. No, it is not there. But. Because the two rivers that are described in the book of Genesis, the Tigris and Euphrates, are existing today. So they give an approximation to say somewhere in Iraq, the Garden of Eden (laughs) exists somewhere, you know, in that place. But that is not what I'm here for. For me, I look at the Garden of Eden to be the presence of God. Okay? Not... Actually, really, the physical place. Because, why am I saying this? Because after they broke the law, this presence was taken. And immediately, that ends the story of this garden. So the presence, the spot that God had chosen to put man and woman, that is Eden. And in that very place, God gave them rulership. He gave them, I can say, a kingdom. He gave it to them as a domain to say, you have charge, Adam, over all this place. You can rule, you can do whatever you, all the animals are under your control. But after the law was broken, that was withdrawn. Enemity was put between man and animals. Even with the snake, Those days, I believe, you know, snakes were just being touched. Of course, there are some people that touch snakes this time. I don't do that, you know. (laughs) I don't do that. I'm very scared of snakes. Yeah. But in those days, snakes were not biting, okay? At that particular time, before that rebellion took place, but after that, God himself said, whenever man finds you, he's going to hit your head. And when you find man who ever see each other faster, you are going to strike his heel. And then that interpretation is going to come later also. Now, this presence is what made the difference while man was in that spot. And after sin, that presence was withdrawn. But God is a very gracious God and very good God. He went ahead and pursued man to reconcile him back to himself. We know the story. I'm not going to go into, into, that, uh, into that story. Fast forward into the New Testament. God had to send his son, Jesus Christ, to come and walk on planet Earth. Finally, to even die for us. To bring that reconciliation. Now, before he was hanged on the cross, he introduced the kingdom. Amen? Jesus introduced the kingdom. This kingdom actually started immediately when he was born. Now, we need to understand first of all, just a brief description about the kingdom. A kingdom it is a domain in which the king is ruler. That's a a very brief one. A domain in which the king is ruler. That is the kingdom. And so when Jesus was born just as a baby The Bible says that three wise men, or the wise men from the east, they visited this baby with precious gifts. And they were seeking to find this king, a boy. They were asking to say, we've seen his star. His star is different from all the stars that we've been seeing. A king has been born in this land. And they went, presented the gifts, and bowed before him. They worshipped him as a baby. Amen. And so at the age of 12, he's going to appear a little bit and then disappear again. And at the age of 30, he comes on board again. Because according to the law, the Jewish law, only When a person reached 30 years, was he qualified to be a rabbi? So the way I started like preaching, you know, when I was some years back in 2005, I wasn't qualified according to the Jewish law. I was too young in my 20s. Okay? But when Jesus was 30, then he manifested. He appeared again. And he started teaching. Now, as he began to teach, first of all, before he started teaching, he went to be baptized by John. Now, I always ask myself a question to say, why should God be baptized? Why, should, why, was, why was he going to be baptized? Because he was already God. He was even greater than John the Baptist. That's why even John tried to refuse him to say no 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 I am to be baptized by you not me baptizing you but what what did Jesus say he said let this be done so that all righteousness may be fulfilled So in other words I'm saying that this king Jesus he was the man who followed the protocol Amen He knew to say I am God But all the same, I'm not just going to start preaching, teaching. I need a pastor to introduce me. Amen? It's not written in the Bible that John was his pastor, but I'm putting it in the common terms. (laughs) Amen. He said, I need a pastor. Now, I'm going to, to explain what that means, you know, for Jesus to go there. So, as he began to teach, the Pharisees came and they started questioning him to say, "Hey, where are you getting the authority to do the things you are doing? Where are you getting the authority? Okay, and by by what rule, by what power are you qualified?" So they were challenging his authority. And then they were busy also asking about the kingdom to say, we know that when the Messiah comes, is going to set us free from the oppression of the Roman rule. If you are the Messiah, are you going to set us free now? Or when is the kingdom going to come? And in Luke chapter 17, verse um 20 Jesus answered to say the kingdom of God does not come by careful observation but instead the kingdom of God is in your midst other version says that the kingdom of God is within you hallelujah so them they were looking to say okay let's see where where, where is the kingdom where is the kingdom Jesus said, the kingdom is already in your midst. What was he saying? He was saying that the rule of God is already here. As long as I, the Messiah, am here. I am the one who came and introduced this kingdom. It is active right now. They missed that. They didn't understand. Now, as I said that I want to talk about the kingdom mindset. I read uh, the book of Matthew deliberately at the end so that we can understand something. Now, verse 25, all the way to 32, it talks about the needs, the physical needs. Okay? It's actually the comforting passage. Do not worry about anything. Do not worry. He keeps on saying, "Do do not worry, do not worry, do not worry. And then he goes on to say, don't worry about the crowds. Sometimes we tend to worry. We worry about so many things. Don't worry about the food. Don't worry about what you are going to drink. Don't worry about anything. And then he even poses a question to say, by worrying, can you add anything to your body? Or can you even cause any, any hair to grow? by worrying can can you what does what does worry add to your life and my life nothing actually it depresses us all the more amen so jesus is saying that look your heavenly father knows already your needs and then he challenges us using different illustrations to say Look at the birds of the sky. They do not farm. They have no farms. They do not cultivate. But your heavenly father provides for them. Look at the lilies of the valley. The flowers, look at them. They are clothed majestically. Far more than even all the glory and splendor that King Solomon had. The father does that. But these are worthless because today they are existing and tomorrow they are going to be burnt in fire. You are more valuable than the birds, than all these things. And then now he comes to verse 33 and says, Therefore, having said this, seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you so the question now is what is the kingdom i already gave the description that the kingdom it is the sovereign rule by a king in a particular domain now the characteristics of the kingdom is that in the kingdom as i've already said the king is the ruler And in the kingdom, we see that the citizens, in the kingdom, the citizens are taken care of by their king. Now, we need, when when I'm talking about this, we need to shift our mindset from democracy. Okay? (laughs) Because if we begin to compare the democratic rule and the kingdom, we are going to miss it. Because it is totally different. Okay? The king in the kingdom is concerned about protecting his name. Okay? That's how it is. Now, why am I saying this? The Bible tells us in, in many parts of the scriptures that God would say you are a stiff-necked people But for my name's sake, I am going to fulfill what I promised to you. When we we talk about the children of Israel, we are going to find all those statements over and over again. So God protects his name. The king usually protects his name. And many things that he does to us, it's not that we have actually impressed him, but... Mostly he does it by the grace in order to defend his name. Hallelujah. In Psalm 23, verse 3, the Bible says that he reads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. In Exodus 33, when Moses, when God was furious, was angry with the children of Israel, he said Moses do not intercede for these people anymore. I want to wipe them out, you and your family. I will raise you into a great nation and take you into the promised land. Moses challenged God. He said, "Mm -mm, this is not your nature, my God. Think of where we are coming from. The Gentiles, think about them. What are they going to say about your name? And when God heard that, he relented from his anger. For his name's sake. Hallelujah. So, there are many passages that talk about, for my name's sake, I will bless you. For my name's sake, I will protect you. For my name's sake, the king is concerned about his name. The president is not, actually. The president is not concerned about his name. Amen? But the king is because The condition of the citizens in the kingdom, they reflect the image of the king. So the king has to make sure that he meets the needs of the citizen. Amen? In order to authenticate his authority and honor his name, he does that. The other thing, the other characteristics about the kingdom is that in the kingdom... The king's word is law. When the king speaks, that word automatically becomes law. There is no debate. When the king speaks, there is no need for the House of Representatives to go and deliberate about it in order to vote and to do. There is no need to go to the Senate. Automatically, it becomes the law. That is how kings operate. That is royalty. That is authority. That is power. In the kingdom. Now, in this kingdom, the king has an army. And this army, he uses it to punish every evil, every rebellion. Every forces that comes against this kingdom, the army is dispatched. In our case, as a Christian, this kingdom in which we are, it is the kingdom of God I'm talking about. Hallelujah. In the kingdom of God, the word of God, this is the law. The word, this is our constitution. Amen? That's why whenever somebody says something, we have to check it in the Constitution. And by that, we also guard ourselves from heresy. If somebody utters something, we are going to say, okay, where is it dressed in the Word? Where is that law relating to what has been said? So, whenever God speaks, immediately it becomes the law. Now, let me now uh, come back again. For you and me to operate as citizens in this kingdom in order to be able to enjoy all the benefits, we need to have the mindset that is kingdom-like. Amen? Our mindset should be kingdom-like. Now, how, how can we have a kingdom-like mindset? If the word tells us that we should not worry, the kingdom mindset should believe to say, yes, the law of my king says that I should not worry, and for sure, I should not worry. We should be able to trust our king. We should be able to trust the king's word. Because this word is power, is authority. Amen? Now, let me give you an example of how the king's word becomes authority. When we go in the book of Esther, we are going to see how Haman was able to manipulate the king and made him to utter a statement which turned into an edict. To be able to, because he had something against the Jews, he wanted them to be killed. The moment the king agreed, it became law that they had to be exterminated. And then Mordecai arose and talked with Esther. And Esther also arose. And Esther said something in chapter 3 that you know. She told Mordecai to say, look, it is, it is against the law to go in the king's presence without being summoned. Now, that shows how organized the king is. Amen? It is against the law for me to just go and appear. You have to be invited by the king. You don't just show up and say, oh, no. Since I'm the citizen, I'll go anytime I feel like. No. But the Bible says that she had to pray and fast for three days without eating and drinking. And she said, if I die, I die. The only thing I want is to have access before the king. And so that I can talk to the king. And perhaps if I find favor, I'm going to Present my request, and once the king utters a statement, it is going to be law and it will protect all the Jews. And it came to pass. Amen. Of course, she she went about being clever. You know how women can be clever sometimes. So the first the first visit, you know, to the king, the king said, Oh, Esther, present your request. I'll give you even half of my kingdom. And she said, No, 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 just dinner tonight. Just dinner, no, no request. Just have dinner. And tomorrow, if you can come and have another dinner, yes, the, that is my request. And then the king was like, Hmm, second time dinner. That's wonderful. Then he showed up. That's when she presented the request to say, The man who is standing next to you is about to wipe out my people, and we know how the story went. The king said a word, and that word became the law that protected the Jews. Amen? Okay, that's in the Old Testament. In Matthew chapter 8, the Bible talks about an interesting character, the Roman centurion. This man came to Jesus, and his servant was sick. And when he appeared before the Lord, he told Jesus the request. And Jesus said, I will come and pray for him. I will come and heal him. Go your way. The man looked at Jesus and said, "Mm -mm, Lord, I am a man under authority. I give orders to my soldiers, to my servants, go this way. They go, come, they come, sit, they sit, stand. They follow my orders. I recognize that you have much more power than I do. Just say a word and I believe it shall be done. Oh my goodness. If we can have the faith like such soldiers, we could turn the world upside down. Hallelujah. So the Bible says that Jesus looked at this man and he was amazed. He said he say that I've never found such a great faith in Israel like of this man. Why? Because the man understood authority of the king. Now the king, the authority this centurion was talking about, he was a soldier. Of course we know soldiers, those that are in forces, in security, You you understand these things. Once the superior says something, you have to do it. But this man's ultimate authority was coming from King Caesar. Okay? As a centurion, that was... Whenever he said something, people would see that Caesar has spoken through this man. In the same way in the kingdom... Our king, Jesus Christ, has given us the same authority, just like the centurion believed. He just wanted the word to be spoken. He said, just say a word and it shall be done. And indeed, at that very hour, hearing took place. Hallelujah. The centurion had kingdom mindset. He was like, No, 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 no. Don't waste time to come all the way walking again. Just say a word. That is enough. Just like Esther wanted the king to utter a word and made it law, the centurion also asked the Lord Jesus Christ to just utter a word. Just say a word. And it shall be done. As kingdom citizens, we must understand. The authority that we have. The Bible says in the book of uh, John chapter 1 verse 12 that to those who received him and as many believed on his name, to them he gave the authority to be called children of God. Children born of the spirit and not of the flesh or the husband's will. We have the same authority as kingdom citizens amen so as we acknowledge this then our request must be straight you see jesus christ said you've been asking in your prayers you've been asking that is good but that is a reverse you know your prayers have have been a reverse You've been asking bonuses, not the real thing. You've been asking for bonuses, the crumbs. Those are just additions, okay? So he said, look, I will show you what you should focus on. The kingdom. The authority. The rule. When you focus on that, seek first the kingdom. The rule of God. The presence of God. Let the presence of God overshadow you. Let the presence of God fill you and me. And all the things that we've been asking for, they will just start following us. Amen? That is the truth. Sometimes, you know, when we are talking about these Bible verses, we'll be like, ah, no, is that really true? Are you sure? (laughs) You know, I, I need, you know, if I need money, I just need to pray. It's not bad to, you know, to pray about money. But the Lord is saying, look, that is a misplaced request. You are first to ask for the manifestation of the kingdom. The kingdom, the power, the rule of God. Let the glory come down like it was in Eden. Let the presence be there. And all these things that we are looking for, they will begin to follow us. The Bible says that they will be added to you. That's why I called them bonuses. It's an addition. They are not actually the primary. The primary thing is to seek the presence of God and his righteousness. Hallelujah. That is kingdom mindset. Seeking the presence. That's what we should be longing for. Not, you know, crying, you know, for for worldly things. Jesus even said that the Gentiles, they focus on these things. So what difference are you making if you, the kingdom citizens, are also crying for the same? Now, let, let me give this example. It's like I have all these items or food or whatever, toys, okay, for my son. That's an example for my son. Don't worry. <laughs> I have all these wonderful toys that Stephen Jr. likes in my house. Okay? And then the only thing that he needs to do, I have a rule that if my son just behaves properly, he has a relationship with me, I'll be just getting everything and throw on him, you know, as bonuses for his good deeds. Okay? For his obedience. And then my son, you know, will just be busy doing other things. I'm calling him to say, my son, I need to have a conversation with you. I need to play with you. And then he's not paying attention. He's running up and down, but he's busy crying. Give me the toys, daddy. I need toys. I need toys. Am I going to release the toys? I will not. I will say, mm And true relationship. That's how we behave as children of God sometimes. God is saying, look, the things that you are looking for, my son and daughter, these actually are entitled to you. The problem is that you need first to be having a conversation with me. We need to be in tune with each other. And all these things, I'll be just throwing them. Now, look at another example. The Bible says that among all the kings... It was the custom in Israel that whenever a king was crowned, he was asked a question to say, what do you want God to give you? Others would say, hallelujah, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Give me power, wealthy, glory, so that the whole earth would be hearing about me. Honor my name, let it go, let it be written everywhere, in the streets and but Solomon, for Solomon it was different. He said, give me wisdom so that I may know how to govern your people. That was kingdom mindset. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that because no king has ever asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you wealthy riches and glory much more than any king that has ever lived. Hallelujah. Kingdom mindset. We need to find the right button to place when we are praying. Amen? We need to know what to ask for. It's like, I'm trying to find examples. It's like, you know, you are trying to uproot A tree. Okay? And then, instead of going to its roots, you're just cutting the branches. You're like, ah, I want to kill this tree. And then you just cut the branches and you leave it. What is going to happen? It is going to grow again, right? You cut, you trim. That will be trimming actually, not even cutting. So you keep on trimming and the tree will continue to grow. That's what happens with the problems that we deal with most of the times. We trim them, okay? We don't go to the roots. Kingdom mindset. In the kingdom, we need to understand that as long as we are honoring the king, all these things are going to follow us. I have a testimony personally about this. You know, there have been times when things have been hard and I've cried to God to say, Lord, give me wisdom. Reveal yourself to me about this situation. And God just came through. Ram. Amen. And, you know, it's not bragging, but it's the truth. i My needs met. Not actually praying about them and vibrating sometimes, but just speaking about them as a joke. My wife is the witness. You know, I'll just say, oh, this bill has come. Praise God. I am the child of the king. Actually, I'm even the king. The Bible says that Jesus is the king of kings, and he has... He has chosen us and made us priests and kings to serve our God. Hallelujah. So, the kingship actually has been passed upon you and me. Sometimes I'll just say, God is going to make a way. Hallelujah. Very jokingly. And things have just happened like... And then I'm like, I can just testify this. Just a, a few, few days ago, actually, maybe two weeks ago, I was praying to God. I said, Lord, I need some money. I need some finances, you know. So I talked with my wife. I said, ah. you know, actually, I wasn't even praying. I talked with my wife. I said, I would like God to give me this much. I even mentioned the amount, you know, for me to meet all these things that I'm, like, being bothered about. I said it and forgot about it. And, you know, my wife was like, ah, oh, no problem. You know, you do it. As if it was a joke. One night, you know, I was just checking, you know, a, a thought just crossed to say, check your, your account. You know, there's, there's that temptation of going back, you know. You know, even the amount that is there, but you keep on going to check your balance, you know. <laughs> and so I went to check and I found some transfer was made. And then I said, wait a minute, was it a mistake or the bank has made a mistake or something? It was actually the truth. Amen. So when I followed up the transactions, I found that God had provided some money. Now, this money, I was expecting from IRS to receive $298, you know, from, from the federal. But to my surprise, after all the adjustments and everything, I received 6,000, actually 7,200. And I was believing God for 7,000. There was even extra 200. Hallelujah. For me, that is a miracle. Amen. Even for you, it's a miracle. Praise God. Amen. (laughs) That is a miracle. So, God is able to make a way, you know. So, there are so many things, you know, that I can, I've testified so many, you know, in this church about how I've lived from the time I came in 2017 until, you know, I graduated from Fuller, Master of Divinity, without actually having the debt, and my wife here is another testimony. God is doing something at the school where she is. Hallelujah! I'll just she, without her permission, I'll just testify something. I feel the spirit is telling me to say. I need to say it in Jesus' name. You forgive me. I'm testifying on your behalf. Hallelujah! So, you see, last time she, um, there was another testimony that you know she didn't have money to pay at Azusa Pacific where she's studying, and. By the grace of God, $23,000 was given, you know, paid. I remember presenting it. I told pastor, you know, we prayed and that that testimony just came, boom. We said, hallelujah, glory, glory, glory. Again, you know, she received a notification to say, you are not going to register if you don't pay this amount, you know, you know, these quarters, you know, Azusa is very, is very expensive and then there are 6 months study and then they take about 7 to 8 courses when they sum everything together this time she was supposed to pay i think 41000 you know what she was owing plus the the other the other semester and so she was told we have only given you a scholarship of 3000 dollars out of 41 so you must pay this money or you will not come back to school And then she just said, I'm believing God for a miracle, just as always. And then just a few days ago, she received an email that the amount has been covered to the glory of the name of the Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now, when we went to the beach, she told me to say, She was playing one song, you know, which which talks about God's faithfulness. And I wanted to change the song. She kept on repeating the same. You know, we are in the car. I'm driving. And then I'm saying, put a different one. She puts the same one. She was like, it is encouraging me about my school situation. I'm believing God for financial breakthrough. I said, okay, when you get blessed, then it means the burden has been lifted for all of us. Keep playing it. So we even started joking to say, we will play it until it sinks in our spirit. That's when, about three days later, this miracle came. Hallelujah. Now, I'm talking about, there are so many testimonies. You know, some of them, you know, I I don't just say, I just look, you know. God has been so gracious. When you have that mindset to say, okay... I did not create myself. There is a creator above there who created me. He knows my needs. He knows what I want. The only thing I need to do is to come before his presence. Praise him. Worship him. Let me give you another little example. If you want to get something... Or if you want to ask something from your friend, your brother, or your parent, or anybody. Or your husband, for example. Yeah, I'll give an example for the husband. When Mary wants to get something from me, she starts with praise. You know, praising words. Oh, my husband, you are so wonderful. When she begins that... I will just tell her to say, "Please, straight to the point." I know where this is going. Okay, so <laughs> she will start like you know, releasing, you know those praises, whereby I will get motivated. And by the time she's going to ask for the thing, I will say, "Okay, you have already won the battle here." Okay. Now, in the same way, when you go before the king, you know. If I, where, I'm, where I come from, you know, my tribe has a king, though not like the king of the whole country of Zambia, but of the Bemba kingdom domain. When you reach the palace, there is a way you enter there. You don't just, you know, reach like, you know, you are entering in, uh, your house or something. There is a protocol, there is order that is there. And then there are praises. Praising words that you need to utter before the king. Like, my name is Mubanga. You know, that, that name is royal. You know, from, uh, from the tree crown. That's the Mubanga tree. And the stuff that the king holds in our kingdom, it is made of the heart of the Mubanga tree. Okay? And he's called Chitapankwa, which means the hero among the heroes. Now, when you enter the palace, you begin to utter the words of praise. To praise the king, you know, you are, the, you are the hero among the heroes, you know. By the time you come and present your request, the king will just be saying, let it be done for him. That's actually the way we got even the land, you know, for the other church that we have in the central province of Zambia. We invited the king of the same domain to be the guest of honor, you know, (laughs) in the meeting that we had. And then we talked with him. And of the, you see, you don't shake hands with kings actually. But by the grace of God, he was able to stretch his hand and we shook. And everyone was afraid. They said, ha! They even started asking me, pastor, How come you shook hands with the king? You don't do that. I said this. He straightened his hand. He reached out to me. So I did to do it in Jesus' name. Among all, I am the king also. The child of God. Hallelujah. This man, after talking with him, he was able to give us land. Big land where we've built the church. In that particular area. What I'm trying to say is, when we come before God with praise and worship exalting his holy name on high worshiping him the glory just comes down miracles begins to take place needs are beginning to begin to get met right there I've seen sometimes when the church was just praising and worshiping God. And all of the sudden, people that were sick started testifying. Hallelujah! I was feeling this. I'm okay. Glory be to God. The presence of God. Hallelujah. Kingdom mindset. So, what I'm trying to say here is that let us go for the right prayer points. Seeking the kingdom. Desiring more of God. Let's be asking God, even as we are believing God for revival. The key to revival is to seek the kingdom. To desire the kingdom. To position ourselves. And as we do that, God is going to manifest his power. His presence. And things will begin to happen. Hallelujah. That should be our desire. That should be our prayer. That's why Jesus, even when he was teaching the disciples how to pray, he said, when you pray, say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Mark that phrase. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus was saying, invite the kingdom. Let God's rule come down to be among you. And once that happens, then the rest will start following. Hallelujah. Now, from today, I want each one of us in here, as you are walking... To begin to imagine yourself as a king or a queen surrounded by angels of God Has your protocol protectors. us. This is true. You see, have you ever seen a king walking on his own or the queen walking on her own in the streets? Have you ever seen that? That never happens. Even the president, have you ever seen that? You are going to see secret service everywhere. (laughs) CIA, whatever, all the protocols in place. Even us, angels. Remember, I said that the king has an army. And he dispatches this army when there is need to do so. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 14 that... Talking about the angels, that are they not ministering spirits, sent out to minister to those who are heirs of salvation? We are the heirs of salvation. Angels of God surround us. As we are walking, each one of us have angels. Now, when we talk about performing miracles... These are the very angels that manifest the presence of God to cause miracles to take place. These are the same angels that engage in spiritual warfare when we call upon, when we call upon God. Actually, we don't pray to angels. You don't say, oh, angels, please come. No, you command them. When I'm doing warfare, I dispatch them. I, I call them names. Hornet angels, arise and go in your mighty. Scatter the enemies. They will go. The book of Exodus 23 talks about hornet angels. They went before the children of Israel to drive out their enemies. Then they are terror angels. Then they, Remember, when, when Joshua approached Jericho, what happened? The Bible says that he saw a man standing in front of him. And then he approached him because Joshua was very courageous. He approached him and asked him a question to say, Are you for me or against me? Joshua actually, I picture him having his sword drawn out, ready to strike. And then the man answered him and said, No, but I've come as the commander of the Lord's army. And then he told him to say Take off your saddles Because where you are standing It is the holy ground And there he worshipped He bowed down That should be Jesus Amen Because we don't worship angels And He was given instructions to say Look actually You are charging your soldiers That you must march and attack Jerusalem No No the only thing that you need to do is to surround it seven times with the praise of trumpets and horns. On at the se- on the seventh day, blow the trumpets. What caused the walls of Jericho to fall down? Were the angels of God? Hallelujah! The power of the kingdom came down and caused the earthquake. Gigi, Hallelujah. Even us today, when we pray and invoke this presence, every time we do that, the power of God comes down and things begins to happen. Amen? We just need to have that mindset. You see, I've gone to meetings before whereby I just imagine... I'm, I'm, I'm believing God to say, Lord, I'm believing you for miracles in this place. And I'm just imagining like I'm seeing them happening. And as we continue to pray and worship, things just begin to happen. Sometimes actually, I've had testimonies which even myself actually, I failed to believe. Hallelujah. That just shows that it's the Lord who is at work. Amen. So when we have this, Mindset of the kingdom. You see, the the, the characteristic of having the, the kingdom mindset is, I'll be finishing, is to have that courage and self personal conviction to say, I am the child of God. I carry the presence of God. I carry the power of God. Though Goliath is standing before me, I'm going to knock him down with one sling in Jesus' name. That was the mindset of David. Hallelujah. That is what we should be having all the time. Let me say something. In terms of kingly anointing, the Bible talks about a lion and an eagle, okay? As the only animals that God likens himself, you know, loyalty is likened to a lion and an eagle. Now, when we look at a lion, a lion is not the biggest animal in the jungle. What is the biggest animal in the jungle? A giraffe. No, that's the tourist. An elephant. Thank you, uh, my busa that is Mrs. Pasta in my language. I tuned to, to the Nyanja. <laughs> Praise God. So an elephant is the biggest animal. But when a lion appears, just a small lioness like this, elephants begin to run away. Do we know that? And they begin to shield their their their, their young elephants. Why? Because Though the lion is a little medium animal, it has dangerous courage that dares to knock down an elephant. Hallelujah. When a lion sees a huge elephant, if it is at night, it sees dinner. If it is lunchtime, it says, oh, it's lunch now. That is my lunch. And then it will begin to pursue with all the courage. Jumping, doing, you know, sometimes I get interested to watch how the lion attacks. Either the buffalo or it's very fascinating. That little medium animal has power. The courage of children of God must be like that of a lion. Hallelujah. Lions are not afraid. The Bible says that Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Hallelujah. When a, when a, when a lion roars, the knees actually begins to shake of human beings. I grew up in the village. You know, we would go poaching. You know what poaching means? Irrigal hunting. So would go into some places and then we'd just hear them like near. And then we'd we'll begin to hide, you know, to the chief hunters, you know, crying. Ah, oh, no, we are going to be eaten. you will be like, come down, come down. Courageous, courage of a lion and ego, same thing. So I want to encourage us that let us have the mindset of the kingdom. When we have the mindset of the kingdom, we will be able to overcome any obstacle. We are going to live. You see, we'll be be looking at our king to say, okay, if my king has all this authority and power, I can walk in the same power. Remember that it is not you, but it is God who works through you and me. Hallelujah. It is not us. The problem is that we try to like... Lift up the burdens on our shoulders or on our heads. No. From today, let's think that, okay, this issue has come. This is not my problem. It is the Lord's problem. You know, cast your cares unto the Lord. For he cares for you. Lift them and put them on him. And he's going to act in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Kingdom Mindset. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 and uh, verse 28 that for we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Therefore, let us come before God and worship him. We have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. This is the power that we have. The same authority has been passed upon us. Jesus said, therefore, go go Matthew 28 verse 18, he said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. In this very authority, that's what it means. Go and make disciples of all nations. And as you go, signs and wonders will follow you. Hallelujah. The Lord bless us and the Lord favor us. My prayer is that may we have the kingdom mindset. That is the mindset of faith. That is the mind that sees like God does. Where there is a problem, you see joy. Hallelujah. Where there is crying, you see joy. Where there, is, where there are problems, you see things have been placed in order. Have invisible eyes. that Have eyes that sees invisible. That replaces issues with problems. A positive attitude. Amen. And as we do that, actually that is faith. Because faith is the evidence and the substance of things hoped for, things that are unseen. If you are feeling pain, you just stand up and say, Hallelujah, thank you Lord. I am healed. Yes. It means you are healed as you believe. Amen. Amen. Sometimes, if you feel that you are troubled with stress, you know, with anxiety or anything, just go in the presence of God. I'm finishing. These are my last words now. Just go in the presence of God and begin to worship him to say, Lord, I bless your name. I glorify your name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Remember Paul and Cyrus? The Bible says that after being flogged really hard cast into prison. They were not crying and nursing their wounds to say, Lord, look at this gospel now, what it has brought. We are suffering now. Where are you? No. The Bible says that they began to praise and worship him. And in the midst of that, the presence of God came down and broke loose every chains. All the doors and yokes were scattered. And the jailer almost committed suicide, thinking that all the prisoners had escaped. He told him, "Come down, we are here. Hallelujah. We can't run away. If we've caused by the power of the kingdom for these doors to be dismantled, why should we run away? It means you have no power to harm us or to do anything. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your faithfulness. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give you praise, we give you glory. We pray right now that Holy Spirit, may you empower our faith, oh God, that from today, may we have our minds transformed, oh God. Increase our faith as the disciples had requested Jesus that we may walk in the power of the kingdom in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Change our minds, Lord. Build us, Lord, in faith. May we recognize our rights Our authority that we carry as children of God. In the name of Jesus. Blessed be your name, Lord. We give you praise. We give you glory. I pray right now that let this authority rest upon each one of us. The authority of the kingdom, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Let the power of the spirit of God manifest upon us, Lord. That wherever we go, wherever we go. We will be able to bear witness to your image and the power of the kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.